let's get into the show. First topic I wanted to get into is, uh, like I said, I spent some uh, some time up in Rochester. I don't know if any of you guys hanging out in the chat came out to um, uh, any of the shows, but it was a good time up in Rochester. Uh, as every time I stay in a hotel, I always got some hot hotel takes. I'm asking you guys, how long does it take you when you get into a hotel before the room like is a mess? Because it takes me about 10 minutes, and then it looks like where I am right now. Like It almost amazes me how a single backpack that I brought with me for two days can produce all the clutter. Like not only is, is the room an instant mess, I also somehow go through all of the towels, like just by washing my hands. Like be, for some reason in my apartment, I get like one towel last a month in a hotel. I'm, I'm through all nine towels in about 30 seconds. Now I have to call myself out for something. Uh, I had commented that I didn't understand why hotels won't allow you to have a window. I, I was very upset about this. I, every time I'm not even a big air conditioning guy, I fart a lot. I like fresh air. That's the way I like to live my life. I, I like, uh, I like an open window. I'm a claustrophobic man. And I like knowing that I could jump out at any second. <laughs> I got to this hotel room. They actually put us out in a nice hotel. Usually I'm a, I'm a La Quinta, which, oh my God, are those, are those ugly. You know, it's a fun game to play is see if you can guess the original color of the walls and furniture of the room you're in. Um, or I'll stay at a Best Western. I'm very, I'm very rarely at a, at a Hilton. Hilton's kind of fancy. So we're in a Hilton and not only we're at the Hilton, but our rooms, they had, uh, they had balconies and I get up to this room and I'm like, dude, there's a balcony and this thing, there's no way. And then I, I try and open up the window, but I was so, I didn't realize it was like that bar thing. I nearly broke that, that hotel door. And then I get that door open and beautiful view of, uh, of Rochester, nothing but fresh air. And then at one point, uh, during the day, I'm sitting there. I'm enjoying the door being open. I leave. I came back, and I have never seen so many flies in a hotel room in my entire life. I instantly understood why. Uh, I mean, I guess it's their fault for not having a screen, but I also understood why. I guess people, the hotels, just don't just like let you open up the windows because uh, I actually am so stupid because I've never lived that high off the ground. I figured that flies don't actually go 18 floors up. I figured flies were like a uh, low down picnic type creatures. I didn't realize that, you know, if you went shopping and you bought yourself a whole picnic and you just left down your room, that flies could fly 18 foot. Did you guys were aware of this? I don't know. You guys are in the chat. You hit me up right now. Did you guys realize that like if you're in a skyscraper type building, penthouse suite, I wasn't in a penthouse suite, but 18, I don't even know that I was 18 floors off the ground. I think it was eight floors off the ground. Would you guys have thought eight floors off the ground that flies could fly into that window? I wasn't aware of this. Um, Rochester was a surprisingly cool city. Like a lot of cities you go there, you're like, it's like, I could never live in a place like this. Rochester. Um, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but like, I think it was just, there's uh good traffic patterns. Like for some reason the town, I, I really thought it was going to be like a, because they talk about like Kodak used to be there. I thought it was going to be a way more run down. Like, Oh shit, this has never been the same since that factory left town type of thing. Uh, but it seems to be oddly wealthy, giant like church structures built by these big ass stones. I don't know the history of that place that they seem to build a lot of things out of stones and have these giant structures. But it was um, oddly pretty. I ate some I ate some really good food. Uh, place was down to earth. They kind of had like it was like everything I was looking for in Nashville. Just some good dive bars. Uh, plenty of college girls if you're into that type of thing. Annan's asking if it's like Buffalo. Oh, you're saying Buffalo is basically what I'm describing with the rundown town. I'd like to put together a, um, a show in Buffalo to do with BK Chris because I was in Buffalo once. I was 18, and uh, I could just tell it was a town that I was going to like. I mean, that it was just rundown chicken wings, pizza, and bars, and people that were way too obsessed. They, people were obsessed with the Bills like it was actually a winning team. Like as to how you could put your heart into soul uh, behind a team that's that basically been – I think bad since OJ wasn't the last good run. It was OJ. And then it's the curse of OJ that he killed his wife. And now the team will be bad forever. Um, one gripe with Rochester, the worst bagel places I've ever experienced in my entire life. I've, I've learned over time that the sandwich hack to finding, uh, you know what? I should probably take a, uh, Ben off the screen. Nah, I, you know what? I'm just talking, Ben, your comments going to be up for the entire episode. Uh, and hopefully new people coming to the show will think that I'm actually making those good Pfizer dollars. Uh, wouldn't that be a fun story if I was actually hired by Pfizer to be a, a loud uh, person for anti-vaccine rhetoric, but I was so unlikable 
that they're like, okay, as long as this guy's ranting about, it, everyone's going to think it's just lunatics that are anti, poor lunatics that are anti-vaccine. But then secretly, I was fantastically wealthy, had a full head of hair, and was incredibly charming. That would be uh, that would be quite the the scam. I, I was trying to talk about bagel stores, and then you distract me with a with a topic as unimportant as the vaccine and Pfizer. We're talking bagels here. You know, no matter how bad life gets, they're, 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 even with socialism, you could figure there'd be decent bagel places. All right. I have found that a decent hack for getting a good sandwich in any town is the bagel store. Almost. I mean, I don't know about out west. I've heard that their water out there is like piss uh, for Mexicans coming over the border and they can't make good bread in any capacity. And that's why everyone's so thin in California is that uh, they're trying to make all the bread out of Mexican piss and it just tastes sour and disgusting. Uh, and so they're just thin because they can't even really get food. And I, I and then they got like that, you know, cunty attitude because they have no carbs. And it's like they're upset all the time. And so they vote for liberal policies. Uh, and you, you would think that, you know, they'd solve these things and people from the Northeast could send carbs out West so that they wouldn't act all cunty all the time. But no one's figured this out yet. Uh, so I can't speak to bagel stores out West. I can only speak to my Northeast travels and uh, bagel stores, uh, bagel stores and pizza places are the hack for good sandwiches. I'm always talking good sandwiches, also delis, especially, you know what I've come to um, really appreciate is your delis that are like uh, strict hours. They're like, listen, we're opening at eight and we're leaving at 2 p.m. You can show up and get these cookies or not. They always got fresh cookies and the best muffins, dude, the best muffins are if you're at a place and they've got the pan and the muffins are like, they've oozed over the top. So it's like almost like the top becomes less cone shape, but more flat shape because they just kind of splash it all in there. Although they never have good corn muffins. It's always like a blueberry muffin. It's a poppy seed muffin. It's a muffin with too much. Like I feel like corn, firstly, like blueberry muffins are obviously delicious, but I'm all about the corn muffin because the corn muffin really proves your muffin making skills because there's no chocolate chips going in there. There's no cinnamon. There's nothing like too exotic. Like you got to nail a corn muffin for it to be good. And I don't want, don't toast that shit with butter. Like, I just want a plain fucking corn muffin. All right. What was I trying to talk about? Bagel source. Thank you. So uh, Saturday morning, I knew I wanted to go out, get myself some real food, look up a bagel shop in town. The pictures look good. The Google reviews are good. Everything about this bagel place looks legit. I even wake up Dave Smith. I knock on his door. Dude, I'm going for bagels. We're getting local bagels. You got to come with me. We're going on a bagel run. Drive. We're going through all sorts of towns. We're seeing all of Rochester, over the hills, under the whatever. You know, we're, we're going to this bagel place. We show up to the bagel place. There's a line outside. A line outside on a Saturday for a bagel place? That's promising. That means people are showing up. Then we get into the bagel place. I've never seen this. It's just the bagels. That's it. It's like they needed a secondary store next door that would make you like a bacon and eggs or deli sandwiches or tuna fish or lox or whatever the fuck you're throwing on your bagel. It's like you needed... You know what I mean? It was like it was like half a bagel store. You get a bagel and you get some cream cheese. There was nothing else. It was not. And so we bailed on that operation. We're like, fuck this. We ended up going to a great diner. Diner was fantastic. And then the next day, you know, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to find myself some bagels. I've never gone to a Brugger's. And my God, does that place suck? I'm telling you, the world is um, if anyone wants to go to biz with me, Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. I feel like the same way you got your Dunkin Donuts. It's surprising to me that there isn't like a staple you know, roadside bagel place that's actually solid. Brugger's, oh, I got a question for all of you. When you get like, it's already a little bit flagrant at some bagel shops that they're not actually cracking a fresh egg, but they'll use the container system. Well, they'll crack an egg, they'll put it in the microwave, and then you get microwave egg. Now, I don't even use a microwave in my own house. Microwaves, I can't explain it to you. Microwaves just kind of creep me out. I just eat cold food. I'm not saying that that's a winning strategy. I'm not saying I've done research on big microwaves. I don't even know why microwaves creep me out. They just kind of creep me. It's like it goes in a circle. Some of the food gets hot. Some of it doesn't. They told you as it could, you couldn't stand in front of it, but you can't eat the food that comes out of it. I don't know. I'm creeped out by microwaves. Not that I understand the technology of an oven, but I really don't understand the technology of a microwave. So I'm not touching microwave food. But if I go to like a restaurant and they serve me, like I'm not mad at them for it, even though it's like I'm going to pay you for food and you're going to prepare it in a more lazy fashion than me. But the other thing, I, my cooking has gotten so bad that when I'm eating food, I can't tell if I'm eating rotten food or if I'm just that bad at cooking it. Like I, I, I know. So, which by the way, I'm giving up. I'm, I think I'm cooking. I think I'm just going full scale, going out for sandwiches. What the fuck was I trying to talk about? Something to do with the bagel place and how bad they were. Oh yeah. What's the story with like the fake eggs that come out of a drawer? Because eggs are like too cheap 
for you to not be getting a real egg. Like eggs cost nothing and they're reasonably healthy in the world of fat fuckery. I mean, not like if you're eating eggs on top of home fries inside of a waffle or whatever, but I'm saying like the actual egg in terms of being a fat fuck, eating some eggs, I don't think is the, the worst thing amongst all the other bullshit that I eat. But when you go to a place and it's one of these like, you know, I, all right. So some places will microwave the egg and I, I'm not mad at you for that. But then some places, they almost got the drawer and it's like the single egg patty. And then they throw in like, it seems like it's a fake plasticky, what, I mean, I, I eat it because you, you throw some whatever hot sauce and the bagel around it and you pretend like it's real food. I'll go to the chat on this one. You guys tell me when you when you get like that fake just single egg thing that the shitty bagel store places are throwing on. Um, ba- what is that? All right. Cole Schmidt's coming through. Robbie just needs a woman to make him food. I think once you build me this shed in the middle of the living room and the women in the building here that I got an indoor shed. That's where the, with the cookie, we need like a Keebler cookie person living in the shed. I can go out there and be like, hey, ladies, I got a shed in my living room with some cookies in it. Then they'll stick around and they'll make me. What is a powdered egg? Is a powdered egg the same thing as what I'm describing? I don't think, I'm not describing, I mean, it's not powdered or it's, uh, I think it's, an, or maybe the microwave eggs are powdered. Um, it's like rubber, gross. Thank you, Murphy Zoo. And someone else is coming through with prison food. All right. I guess we put it to the panel of the Run Your Mouth listeners who are here joining us live. And I think we've all concluded that whatever those bullshit eggs are can go fuck themselves um, because they suck. And and it's inexcusable because bagel, I mean, just getting a fucking egg is so easy. Like, just have a dude who makes eggs. I, I feel like you could run a seminar on how to run a bagel place if you just went to any of the Astoria bagel places they're cooking fresh eggs. They get it done quicker than anywhere else. They're just like slinging it real quick. If you're not getting through that line quick enough, you can't make a decision. They'll yell at you. They know how to keep shit moving. Um, I had an incident with, uh, before I went up to Rochester, I'd been driving on uh, a tire that was every single day before I went somewhere, I'd have to go to the gas station and like refill the tire with air. And then at some point you just have to like, I probably would have kept it going forever, except I was driving Dave up to ride. And like, once you're doing a 10 hour drive, you know, if like your tires give out or something on your car falls off the car, you want to at least pretend like you weren't expecting it to happen. So like the, you, you at least have to be responsible enough that if every day you're reinflating your tire, it's like, all right, I got a, I got 10 hours of driving ahead of me. I better go check these tires. My experience with tire shops is you pull in, they put some tires on, you leave. It's not a big deal. Uh, for whatever reason, the day I went to Milo, it was like, it took four hours. And what, what, what drove me nuts is like, I've watched NASCAR. I know that this takes 30 seconds. They do it on television. And it's not like a mechanic thing where you can pretend like it's an entire day ordeal. It's a three minute operation. You, you put it on the thing, you swap it and we're done. But it took, it took me like literally the entire day to get new tires on this car. Cost me a whole bunch of money. And then last night, I managed to pop two of those brand new tires. I went to an open mic in New Haven. One of the roads had flooded. I tried making a U-turn on the uh, on the flooded road, and uh, I popped both the tires. And then at nighttime, what is your guys' experience with tow truck drivers? Because I've had AAA, and every time I've ever had to try like call AAA, it's always a three-hour experience. So when I got this car, I was like, fuck it, I'm done with AAA I don't even think it saves you any money. If I ever need to get a tow truck again, I'll just call a local place. And apparently you can't do that. Finding a tow truck, I mean, tow truck, I don't understand. Listen, we're all free market libertarian people here. Why is the tow truck market, like is big government interrupting the tow truck market? Or is the tow truck market an example of the fact that we're just completely wrong about our ideas of free markets? Because the like first is you try calling and you get a bunch of answering services that are just... uh, like those internet scams where they're the first in the Google search. And since they're first in the Google search as opposed to getting some local business. And when it comes to something like you want a local business, cause you want to find out, Hey, is there a shop that's open late at night? Is there a tire repair shop? I don't know the area. What's my best option here. The last thing you want to do is get on the phone with some service. That's going to take all of your information, spend 20 minutes doing, you know, on the phone paperwork to then call you back and go, Hey, there's nothing available, which is when at the second time after I went through that first thing, Hey, can I get, well, before I give you all the information, you at least find out if you even a cart. No, I need all the information. Are you sure? I think you're going to be wasting all of our time. And then I gave her all the information, couldn't get it. And then I was like, remember when I said that, you know, maybe you should check that first. So we don't waste all of our time. 
oh my God, this lady, she did not appreciate my phone skills. She got very upset with me. Uh, anyways, I could not get myself a tow truck. I had to, I had to like, uh, kind of like, I basically drove my car, uh, metal against the road about three blocks because there was a tire repair shop there. I left the car, had to go uh, to a hotel, re-pick it up in the morning. There's not much of a moral to the story other than between the four car, the four tires I just purchased, the door I got in Seattle, I'm about halfway to a new car. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's plug. Uh, I mean, it's not quite a new sponsor, uh, but I've talked about this before. I've been uh, working on this project for a little bit. And this upcoming week, uh, I want to start kind of digging into this a little bit. Um, so concept of the website, as I said, is I'm trying to build like a rotten tomatoes for news topics where you can take a news topic, people can put it up here and we can say certifiably the market does not agree with whatever the news is saying. We can create track records around people. Uh, so as much as I am enjoying Twitter, uh, a lot of times what I, what I love about Twitter is that, uh, there's some really smart people there and I can throw up questions or I can ask things about stats and really smart people will work on it. Uh, what I'd like to start doing on this website is highlighting, highlighting specific issues um, or topics. I'm going to be doing about one a day. And uh, what I think is great about the site is that firstly, unlike Twitter, where you got to like search through feeds, it kind of, if you're proposing a question, it forces people to all participate around that question. It's very open-ended where you can agree or disagree. There's no room for just calling people assholes or like not making arguments. Uh, you have to actually make an argument. And I think it can be a very organized platform for both self self education that if you want to come to a topic and see uh, the best arguments pro or against it, those will be upvoted. So I'll be very organized. And I also think this could be a significant tool for um, I'm not even going to say battling disinformation or getting better information, more just letting the market actually like a Wikipedia, um, but around kind of more um, current news topics. So uh, if you think that that's interesting to you, the website is, um, and I think the mobile version is now better than the actual website, teku.app. Sign up. This is super beta. It's a sloppy mess. Not everything's going to function properly. I do think we have a really cool idea here and we're going to try and build it out. Uh, so if you got some time this week, I'm going to be tweeting about the topics that I'm getting into. I'm going to be posting some information over there and, uh, Get involved and then email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. You can let me know if it's total trash. You can let me know if there are specific bugs that you're running into. Um, but I do really think that we're going to build something that might have some real utility to it. So check it out. All right, let's go back into the comments for a minute. Um, how long do you wait for an oil change? I've learned my lesson on oil changes. Uh, and so I, I'd like to say I'm pretty good. But now that I think about the last three oil changes, they were all passed when they were supposed to be. Uh, but I'm, I, I try and, uh, I try and do the oil changes cause I've, uh, I've, I've ruined cars over that one. Um, coronavirus is what Robbie's car has. And that's why I've been filling it with ivermectin. I've been getting full horse tubes and just, you know, what I do is I've started lubricating the, uh, the, you know, the thing you do the gas tubes in and before I fuck it, you know, I, I just, I, I get the horse tube in and by the way, that's, that's my motion. I'm a real, I'm, I'm like a quick but little stroke guy because, you know, you got to work with what you have. Um, you know, I was trying to talk about serious issues. And once again, you guys distracted me uh, in the chat with talk of uh, having sex with cars and putting horse paste into them. Uh, so why don't we uh, conclude the nonsense from today and we can get into we can get into some actual. Uh, from the screen, this is the uh, the excellent. uh production quality that we have here. Engineer guy, can you, when you build me the shed, can you also build me an engineer so I don't have to be a one-man band like this? All right. Um, let's talk about COVID. I feel like that's what everyone's here for. I, did you guys see the article about that Delta was going to start charging a higher insurance premium of $200 for anyone who is unvaccinated? And, uh, me and some random person on Twitter, we did a little bit of math on this. Robbie the Fire, if you don't already follow me on Twitter. And uh, between the price of the vaccine and the price of the random hospitalizations amongst, you know, the massive amount of employees that they have at a cost of $50,000, it would be more, it would be less expensive. And granted, uh, Delta is not actually paying out of pocket. That's part of the problem of socialized medicine or government coming in and saying that, you know, certain things are going to be covered for or not covered for. 
but the actual cost of getting everyone vaccinated, I believe, according to the math that we did, is actually less expensive than the cost of the couple employees that may or may not end up in a hospital uh, because of getting the coronavirus. Now, the other thing that doesn't make any sense about them raising the insurance premiums is that I would say most people that are reluctant to get vaccinated are probably not those that are in that are in risk categories. They're probably not your older individuals. They're probably your young, healthy individuals. And in order to have you know insurance rates or insurance that you can afford, it's very important for you as Delta to kind of be able to group together healthy young individuals with sick older individuals. That's kind of what's going to uh, mitigate some of the risk that you're having healthy individuals that probably won't need any care paying in on a monthly basis. I know for my insurance, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not good at doing the paperwork, so I'm the best client that my insurance company has ever had because I pay those premiums every single month. And then when I actually go see a doctor, they don't know what the fuck my insurance is. So I go, don't worry, I will just pay you for it and I'll put in for the reimbursement. And then I never pay, pay for the reimbursement. So I'm the best insurance customer probably in the history of the insurance company that I, um, and the one that I have is, uh, you guys were t- Liberty health share. And by the way, I hate them. I got to get off that insurance policy. I know some of the libertarians like it to tell you what it is. Uh, I'm a good Christian individual from a fine Christian pot podcast called the, uh, part of the problem podcast. And as a Christian conservative, I'm able to pull my insurance with other Christians Uh, And what's nice about uh, Christian insurance is that it's not actually insurance. It's just a giving service where I voluntarily contribute. I think they raise my rates. I think it might even be $500 a month. I think it started like 300 and then it was, I don't even know. They charge me and then I just, it's charity because I'm a nice Christian person and I just want to pay for the coverage of other Christians who need healthcare problems. And then, so what I do is I just pay for their things. And then when it comes time for me and I need healthcare coverage because um, I, I'm secretly a Jew that tried to get in. And so everything breaks on me all the time. Uh, I just pay for it out of pocket because I feel bad using other people's. All right. So anyways, I got Liberty Health Chair, uh, which I don't like because you have to, no one knows what the fuck it is. And then you got to pay out of pocket. And I don't want to do, I'm already paying you guys. I'm paying you guys. So I don't have to do the fucking paperwork or in the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Cause the idea of the insurance companies that you negotiate better pricing. So what do you, do you actually recollect my money from them and get there? All right, whatever. We don't have to talk about Liberty Health Share. Hopefully next year. The only reason I'm still on it is every single year I say I'm going to get rid of it. And then um, I don't because I'm lazy. It's kind of like, uh, all right, anyways, trying to talk about Delta. I'm not trying to talk about my personal problems with insurance. I'm trying to talk about everything that's wrong with Delta. So Delta comes along and they say that we can't afford, if, if somebody gets hospitalized because they chose not to get themselves vaccinated, uh, we can't afford to pay for that. Now, firstly, I don't think that's true. I think that it's a bitch move. They're trying to do everything they can to penalize people for not getting this vaccine. But what's ironic about it, in my understanding of insurance, is that if enough healthy 30-year-olds were to go, okay, well, I'm dropping out of the Delta insurance. I'm going to get myself my own insurance. I'm going to go with this Liberty Health Share, which I heard is great if you'll actually sit down and do your own paperwork. Um, They would probably have a significant problem with their insurance rates is all of a sudden they had a pool of vaccinated people that were all older. So I'm just trying to point out that the policy, firstly, from the math standpoint of paying for vaccinations versus um, if you look at the actual hospitalization rate per 100,000 at a medical bill of, in extreme cases, $50,000, it works out to significantly less money than paying for shots, particularly if you're paying for shots every six months. The next, the next day, there was a new article coming out that insurance companies are starting to talk about that they're not going to cover um, for if you're not vaccinated because it was, uh, I guess, a choice that you made. And they're trying to, which, by the way, I mean, if we're doing that, I'm not the first to point this out. I'm, it's not the first time that I'm pointing this out on the show. But then, you know, why are we paying for, for heart attacks? Why are we paying for people that smoke? Why are we paying? It's like, this is really, this is what's going on. So healthy individuals um, who are 30 years old who go, hey, listen, I don't think I need to protect myself from COVID. You're now saying like by force, if they get COVID, they're like that. They're the best people to have pooled. 
They're the best people to because they're the ones who are going to be using the least insurance and just paying the rates each month. It's it's the unhealthy people, and you're going to get like so. Another, you're really squeezing the healthy thirty year olds where they have to cover all the lifestyle choices for every other thing that someone might need to use their insurance for. They're smoking. They're being unhealthy. Uh, they got whatever the fuck it is. They're getting old. Like you're not and as, um, in a lot of States, especially mine, cause I would just have catastrophic care, but that doesn't exist anymore. Or at least in my area, you're not able to get catastrophic care coverage, which would probably cost me a hundred bucks a month. And then even so I get cancer and then just not file the paperwork and end up paying out of pocket. No, cause that would be, uh, that would be more money. No, what I would do is I would pretend like I was going to pay out of pocket and then I would just never pay the bills. Um, and all they do is send you letters. I mean, I have so many unpaid lab bills on things that probably should have been covered by insurance and have just decimated my credit. I have no credit because you go and they're like, hey, we're going to do this lab test. And then they get you the bill like six months later to let you know that insurance didn't cover it because they don't know what Liberty Health Share is. And then uh, you just find out that you have a negative credit score. Uh, and that's it. It's not that big of a deal. You just you live in apartments with drop ceilings for your entire night life. You never have kids or a family. And they send you a bunch of letters letting you know that you owe the money for a lab thing that you didn't even know that you were getting. It's, it's so I, I don't know. What was I trying to talk about? Uh, something to do with. Uh, yes, they're trying to do everything that they can to squeeze us into getting this vaccine, um, which includes that they're going to be changing the insurance coverages. And I think you're going to see more of that. I think you're going to be seeing more of, hey, we're not willing to cover you uh, if you aren't vaccinated in an open, free healthcare market. I would just start the unvaxxed insurance corporation, you run some math. And like I said, you're going to have mostly healthy individuals. You could probably have the cheapest product or the highest uh, profit margins because uh, I mean, in a, in a free market, you'd end up with just a good product at a lesser rate because other people would come and compete with you. Uh, unless you somehow figured out how to be the one company that could open up the, Hey, I will insure you if you are unvaccinated in which case everyone like me would go there for the lesser rates, but it wouldn't have to be that much of a discount because it'd be that much better than what everyone else is uh, offering. Before we get into ivermectin here, we can uh, we can read a few of these comments. Cole Schmidt, he's really hanging out with us uh, tonight. I hate Common Core math, but I definitely trust HIV math. Um, when, it, when it comes to numbers on AIDS, they, you know, they get these things right. Um, when it comes to basic math equations, it's... Uh, uh, you know, it's tough, but HIV math, it's, uh, you fuck one dude with AIDS in the butt, you get it. So it's not, it's not that tough of a comp, uh, math to do. Um, all right. Juan Julio Espinoza. Did I get that right? I'm not great with accents. Facebook was about knowing what girls were single or not. This is already better than that. Oh, is that, uh, my takeaway app? I don't know. Maybe we can get women like that have to still post their uh, pictures because, uh, Facebook is great. Facebook was also great. And you can't even use this feature anymore, but this was one of the best features on, uh, Facebook was when you got a number of a girl in a bar and you weren't sure if she was like how good looking she was. Well, sometimes she was super hot and you realized she was never going to go out with you. And then you could just jerk off to, for pictures for like the next month. And that was a good time. Uh, other times you met a girl and you weren't sure, like you didn't quite get a good look at her. And you could still jerk off at her pictures for a month because she probably wasn't going to go out with you either. But how much fun was that? I'm sure you guys have had that experience because it used to be it was a great hack where you could put a number into Facebook and all the numbers were like linked to the accounts and they would pull up the profiles. It was also the best caller ID system in the world because I don't know about you. I get so much panic. If I get a text from someone and I don't have the number stored, I hate having to be like, the, hey, I don't I don't have this number who is like it, it gives me anxiety for an hour and a half. And then I'll forget that I was supposed to respond to them or I'll finally do it and just live like, and by the way, it's just social etiquette. If you think a person, if you haven't texted someone in at least a month that the last conversation would be in the phone, you just go, Hey, it's blank. What's up? Hey, here's the question I have for you. Also, is there anything worse than when you don't recognize the number? Like, Hey, are you up to something tonight? And you're like, Oh, now I'm going to have to, I, I, you know, just what did you want to do? Can you just start with that so that I don't have to be like, you're setting me up to be an asshole. I don't want to have to be an asshole. All right, let's go with uh Cole Schmidt. Once again, they just pray for you and hopefully God heals you. You know, that would be a great scam. If uh, it found out that you were actually just paying, pray, paying for other people to pray for you. Um, in which case, all right, let's go one more. Jews were the first Christian checks out. One more. Robbie learns that insurance is bullshit today. Not cult. Dude, I knew insurance was fucking bullshit forever. All right. Now, 
I have two more comments on what we were talking about last week. One in regards to relative risk reduction. I figured something out in regards to how the vaccine is being marketed, where they like to tell you, and by the way, this number, that 95% can no longer be true for the Delta variant. They haven't changed that number, uh, mostly because they've actually stopped tracking um, breakthrough infections. And by the way, I work in an office and I already know four people that were vaccinated. And by the way, it's not a big office. I'm talking about a few other people that pretend like they are working for a living. Um, And I know at least three in my office alone of people that had breakthrough infections, infections. Now correlate, like it could just be, that's some freak occurrence that the three people I work with that were vaccinated managed to get sick. But I have to guess that if three of the people I know that have been vaccinated all ended up getting COVID, uh, even though they were vaccinated and they got it pretty bad and that they've stopped tracking for breakthrough infections, then of course it's just magical. It's just magical. Well, you would have been more sick. You would have been sure the actual variant uh, is more infectious and people don't actually get as sick as the original variant, but you would have gotten more sick and you only, you're lucky that you just got sick and the vaccine is actually working perfectly. And I know we told you that you weren't even going to get sick if you got vaccinated, but you would have been more sick, even though this new variation of the virus doesn't get people as sick, but you would have been more sick and trust the science. And by the way, read the FDA doc that uh, gave the authorization that said that this might be effective. They didn't say safe and effective. They said it may be effective. Wasn't might be. I don't want to be as fake news as everybody else. Um, But anyways, so they're touting this, hey, you know, it's uh, 95% effective. And I realized that that claim would be the same as, let's say I made a, uh, a fan that you could wear on your neck while you went outdoors. And when you're outdoors in America, in the fresh air, it was an air filter fan and it blew more fresh air into your face. And then I said to you, 100% of people wearing this fan are not dying of fresh air. That's what relative risk reduction is. It's that 100% like 95% of people that take this are not going to get, okay, well, how many people got sick if they didn't have it? Like the same as 100% of people aren't dying of fresh air, whether or not they're not wearing the fan. That's what they're marketing to you. Hey, you better buy this fan because as long as you're buying my fan, 100% of people that are wearing this are not dying of fresh air. There there, there you go. That's a pretty, email me if I'm wrong, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Hit me up if I'm misrepresenting this concept, which is probably over my head. I, I, I invite you to please let me know what I'm getting wrong here. Uh, the other thing is I've heard this now from multiple people that they say, I don't understand why you won't take this um, vaccine. I mean, after all, you'll do drugs. Why is it that you would take illegal narcotics but be afraid of a vaccine? And first is I don't know how good of an argument it is to say, hey, you'll do this dumb thing why not do another dumb thing? If anything, it's like, you know, a person who eats junk food, but then like exercise is being like, well, you shouldn't exercise or eating the junk. It's like, well, no, just because I'm doing one dumb thing doesn't mean I shouldn't do like I should do more dumb things. Then my entire life is just dumb things. At least if I'm only keeping to one or two dumb things, I'm mitigating some of my risk for doing dumb things. So it's not much of an argument to go, hey, you already do dumb shit. Why not do more dumb shit? Uh, Additionally, You're right. And I guess if there were women who late at night said, hey, we're going to go home and take some mRNA vaccines, you want to hang out with us? And then you do the mRNA vaccines just to find out they didn't want to sleep with you anyways. Yes, you're probably right. I'd be I'd have Pfizer, Moderna, uh, AstraZeneca all shoved up my nose and I would have done so many mRNAs by now. But, you know, the the vaccine companies are they're, they're trying to force it upon people. They're not having women go out there and pretend like if you've got extra mRNA shots, um, that you would do them. So, all right, that's that's my response to that argument. Now, I've been loving this entire week uh, the propaganda about ivermectin. Uh, here's the story with ivermectin, at least according to the way that I understand it. It's pretty simple. It's a medication. Uh, it's an anti-parasitic, and it's prescribed to a lot of people for a really, really long time, mostly, I think, of treating river blindness. And yes, it is also something that is used for deworming horses. That's not the only usage of it. Uh, And I don't think anyone who's advocating for taking ivermectin said, hey, go get yourself a a tube of horse paste. Go get yourself the, that's the best version you can't get. There's no other product that exists. If you want to get yourself some ivermectin, 
you know, you got to go find a, a veterinary clinic and steal some horse paste from them. Uh, nobody said that. Nobody said that. Nobody who's recommended ivermectin said, go get yourself some horse paste. Or maybe somebody did. Maybe you couldn't get your hands on it and they said, hey, in a pinch, the horse paste will work. Um, but to pretend like this is a medication, and by the way, if it was a medication for horses, but it worked, what are we not going to, I mean, if you could chew up fucking horse dick and it cured coronavirus, I, are we really going to be like, oh, look at these gay people? I mean, they wouldn't make fun of people for being gay because they wanted to eat horse cock because that wouldn't be PC. But the point is, it doesn't matter what the thing is for. I mean, penicillin, what is that? It was made from mold. What are we, we're, we're just going to take mold into our lives? You're really, you're, mold is gross. You're just going to take mold? It doesn't fucking matter. The question is whether or not it works and calling it like, hey, you idiots who are eating horse paste is a misrepresentation of the fact that it's like we give antibiotics to chickens. So now uh, you're, you're taking chicken medications every time you're taking antibiotics. It's the most ridiculous thing ever. It's such clear, like, hey, only idiots are taking this thing and it's made for horses. That's not what it is. It's a medication that at least some doctors seem to be claiming, hey, we have reason to believe that this might help. And most of the claim is, why don't we at least research it? And then at first, the FDA was trying to um, uh, claim that, hey, don't recommending against it on the on the basis that it could be dangerous, which I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that ivermectin could be like it might not help your corona. That might be the thing that we have to research. Uh, but from what I understand, it's been pretty widely prescribed with very few incidents of harmful side effects, if any. And so it's kind of like a, hey, what the hell type thing where it, at a minimum, it might help. And as a secondary thing, you would at least probably study it. You might go, hey, this thing might work. Let's at least check it out. I mean, we're really going all out in terms of uh, trying to figure out what might work. This thing has been around for a long time. It seems pretty safe. People are starting to realize that, you know, this thing might be very effective for coronavirus. And I'm not even, even though I actually took it when I had Corona, but I'm not even going that far to say, I know, or that it's wonderful. I'm just saying it might make sense to actually study the thing. All right. So here I want to just uh, read this. This is from CNN. Uh, I found this one to be pretty interesting. And here I'll pull the, uh, I'll pull the article up on the screen so you guys can uh, see what I'm taking a look at here. All right. Rand Paul is by training a doctor of, um, uh, I think the word's optometry, but that says ophthalmology. You're going to have to, I'm going to have to go back to Sesame Street so that I can read that word, which has to do with eyes, not infectious diseases. Now, I think I've heard Rand Paul comment on this. I think he's had to take quite a few science classes. I think he does have to get a medical degree. And then I think at some point along getting a medical degree, he then decided to, um, you know, specialize in the eyesight thing. Uh, but I'd still think, you know, to some extent, the guy clearly has an understanding of medicine. And even if you're looking, working as an, an optometrist, I would assume that you would know how to read kind of documents around. Uh, I'm assuming at some point optometrists are prescribing medication. And so the process of, I guess, understanding the side effects or the studies to recommending a medication, if you're a good doctor and you're actually interested in more than just like saying, like, you know, looking at a chart and go, all right, give this for the, like, in other words, there were the same process by which you would read a study and go, okay, this is a medication I would actually prescribe. Um, while you might specialize in eyesight, that might be your thing. I would think that actual knowledge and ability to, you know, read information would be the same even for other things. All right. The fact hasn't stopped Paul from repeatedly challenging Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and in congressional hearings, or from openly, openly questioning the efficacy of mask wearing or raising questions about the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, honestly, as a non-scientist who did particularly bad in stats and science, I think some of this information is pretty, uh, pretty clear. And I don't think you need all that many academic credentials to read some of this information uh, and just go, uh, hey, if you're not wearing an N95, there isn't really research that it's helping or working. Um, all right, let's continue. Paul's latest. He's insisting that ivermectin, a drug used in rare instances in humans to treat malaise, including intestinal parasites and head lice, isn't being studied as a possible treatment for coronavirus because of politics. So firstly, a drug used in rare instances to 
to treat um, in humans to treat malades. Is that even true to say that it's only been used in rare instances? I thought from what I've read, it's been used quite a bit for river blindness. Let's continue. The hatred for Trump deranged these people so much that they're unwilling to objectively study it. Paul told a group in Northern Kentucky late last week. So someone like me that's in the middle of it, I can tell you because they will not study ivermectin. They will not study hydroxychloroquine without the taint of their hatred for Donald Trump. To be clear, Paul is not in the middle when it comes to the use of ivermectin. He is way on the conspiracy theory end of the spectrum. Because according to CNN, if there's a medication that is cheap, has been widely used, is safe, and there's reason to believe might be able to end the supposedly worst epidemic that has, you know, ravaged us and made us shut businesses down. And someone said, hey, why don't we at least look into whether or not that thing works? That is a conspiracy theory to advocate for looking into if something might work. That's a conspiracy. Just wanting to understand if something could potentially end what they believe is a horrible ailment. Let's continue. Start here. Ivermectin has drawn national headlines of late because some elected officials like Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, as well as some anchors on Fox News, have pushed it as a possible way to lessen the effects and severity of COVID-19. The misinformation has led to a surge in um, people trying to get their hands on the drug. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention sent a health advisory Thursday warning doctors and the public about the rapid increase in prescriptions for the anti-parasitic drug. The run on ivermectin has been so frantic that some people are resorting to taking the animal form of the medicine, which is prescribed to cows and horses who have worms. In Mississippi, 70% of the recent calls to the state's poison control center. I love this. 70%. How many calls are we talking about? We're talking about three. We're talking about two out of the three. Is that is that the big problem? Whenever they just tell you, hey, there's been an increase, it, the total numbers are important. And then when they tell you the total numbers, it's because they don't want to tell you it on percentage terms. You know what I mean? Then it becomes like a thousand people died of this. All right. Well, a thousand people out of the 350 million people in the country. You see what I'm saying? It's always in percentage terms when the percentage looks good and the total numbers are not anything to be concerned about. And then it's always on um, real numbers when in percentage terms, it's meaningless. You know, they're cherry picking. The other thing I just thought was interesting is that I would think if there's one person in the world who could be a expert in the crossover of where politics meets medicine, it would be Rand Paul. All right. Optometrist, still got a medical degree, still has been working in Washington for quite some time. If there's one person in the world, you could say, hey, the reason why the medical uh, uh, the medical world isn't even looking into this is because of politics. Who would be the better expert for making that evaluation? Who would have a better crossover skill set between these two fields of study? Uh, but yet Rand Paul has a very wacky theory about ivermectin. That's the way that this is put by CNN. Um, all right. One or two other things that I wanted to note about recent coronavirus news, and then we are going to move on. Um, I saw a post about that Pfizer is actually coming out with a new daily medication in addition to the vaccines that they're putting out. And um, this was the quote, and this is tweeted from the head of Pfizer. Success, success against COVID-19 will likely require both vaccines and treatments. We're pleased to share. We've stated we started a phase two um, out of three study of our, our oral antiviral candidate. Here comes the fun part. Specifically designed to combat SARS-CoV-2 in non-hospitalized, low-risk adults. Even people that don't need it. You mean you pick the perfect subset of people that you can go, hey, look how well this thing's working. It's kind of like that filter fan I was talking about that works really well at making sure that you don't get sick from fresh air. Great. You got a product for people that don't need it. Really, really, uh, really serving us well. All right. Uh, before we move on, let's take a minute and we could uh, read a couple comments here. Uh, this is from Juan. Once again, I'm an airplane mechanic. Even if I were to specialize in engines, it doesn't mean I can't change a tire eye roll. Fair enough. Slug pudding. I like that. I like that. Except unless... I liked it at first, but then I actually thought of a pudding made of slugs, and now I'm completely disgusted by it. So I don't like it anymore. Wouldn't it be weird if a medication that works for some mammal, mammals works for most mammals? All right. Interesting. Juan, once again, I always say the same 100% um, increase in COVID cases, right? So it was one last week. Now it's two. You see, the airplane dude gets it. Oh, cool. Forest mommy's hanging out. We've always tried whatever is available as far as meds. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's the way I've always been with drugs. You got it. I'll try it. That's been my policy. Fair enough. Aaron Imus, once again, laugh out loud. You're going to use horse to wormer, uh, people who use ketamine to tolerate EDM music. That's a good point. Ketamine was the first thing, by the way, I would like to try ketamine. I've never tried ketamine. Uh, but that, that's what came to my mind also right away was that like they're now plenty like ketamine was a horse tranquilizer that people from what I understand used to like steal from. Uh, that was like always the old story was that people were stealing ketamine from uh, uh, from the veterinary clinics or whatever. And now um, it's like they've now you can go to like actual uh, psychiatrists and take it and like their benefits. But no one you, you never hear a conversation about ketamine being uh, the horse tranquilizer. All right, let's read three more. And then we're moving on to the next topic. Forrest Mommy loves horses and also said they're so against ivermectin, but pro-COVID vaccine makes no sense. Agreed. And last one, I reject the notion of calling the mRNA gene alterations vaccines. Not sure I follow you on that one. All right, we'll give Slug Pudding one last word here. Also, who cares about cases without a death count? Everyone gets a cold and the flu at some point. The important metric that has been lost to politics is death count. Dude, I agree with you 100%. I was actually arguing with some person on Twitter today um, who I found a... These people put out a video and it was full of like all of these stats that I know are not true. And at one point, one of the things that they said was that COVID-19 does not discriminate based off of age or um, they didn't say pre-existing conditions, but they might as well. It was like the same thing they, based off of health status. And I was like, well, that's flagrantly not true. And then they came back and said, well, no, either, you know, anyone can get infected with it. I was like, yeah, but infections don't matter. If like, because by that logic, let's say if you got infected and infecting you gave you the power to fly would you still say to get vaccinated? Like people get infected with colds all the time. We're not too concerned about it. The fact that people are getting infected means absolutely nothing. The concern is what happens after you get infected. Like otherwise you'd be forced to say, like in my example, that if you got infected and it even gave you the power to fly, the issue is being infected. It's uh, complete stupidity. All right. Next thing I wanted to talk about, this one's a little bit weird. We're not going to dig too deep into it, but one I was just thinking about um, it. It's very weird to me how censorship kind of um, works because, for example, like I don't really watch TV much. I mean, I, I watch like a lot of uh, don't don't I, I waste a lot of time watching like, you know, podcast highlight clips and that kind of stuff on YouTube. And just like I mean, I watch a lot of stupid bullshit on YouTube. Um, but for the most part, I, love, I mean, I guess sometimes when I'm really busy, I don't to get as much time for that. But sometimes like on busier days, my TV used to be, I come home and I watch congressional hearings to me. It's like WWF and Rand Paul, one of my favorite characters. And it, I don't know. It's like a weird, like I haven't heard from Rand in a month kind of thing. It's like I, since whatever he's gotten pulled off these platforms. And it's funny that you just had a thing that you liked in your life and it brought you joy and it's just gone. And you kind of like, and then even myself, that's why it's so tough. Like I liked Rand Paul stuff. I'm sure it's available in other places, but I'm not going to find it. It's like, if it's not on YouTube, I, I just, I'm unaware of it as much as I liked it. And, and then it's just, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing that it just kind of, you turn around you're like, oh yeah, I haven't seen that person that I like in a month. It's like, they just, they took something from you and it, it just kind of becomes like a passive thing that this thing that you like is just not around as much. All right. Now I want to talk about Afghanistan. Uh, we're talking about things that you do like, um, you know, quick plug for sheath underwear, the world's greatest underwear, especially dude, they sent me some t-shirts and I've had some muggy days where I got on my bike. That t-shirt just absorbs everything and keeps you cool. Uh, if you have not tried, now's your time to load up on sheath. I was actually talking to Robert, uh, yesterday and, uh, the, the sheath supply is getting tight. So, you know, if you've been uh, deciding whether or not you want to go get yourself some sheath, I'm giving you the inside scoop. Go load up now. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Use promo code RYM. You're going to get 25% off. Um, I'm here to tell you that uh, it will make your, your penis look amazing. For some reason, somebody's uh, asking you for some penis shots and you're not sure what to do. You're panicking. You just got to get yourself a pair of sheath that bunches everything up, makes it look good, keeps everything in place, keeps it cool. So go over to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you get 25% off. Now let's talk about everything 
that's going on in Afghanistan. I'm not going to get so deep into Afghanistan, but uh, these guys should probably keep, teach some classes in remote work. I mean, they managed to keep together their organization for 20 years, living out of caves, managed to take back the country in two days without, you know, I, I mean, talk about all these offices that are shutting down, trying to get some remote work going. Uh, th- these these guys are the experts. Um, now, people like to complain quite a bit, or they're saying like that there's going to be major problems in Afghanistan for the women. And uh, I mean, that's true. But I think like, if you kind of understand economics, I, I think what's going on is if we really want to fix that, we got to um, take care of like the boy rape first. Because I think what's going on is that since they're raping the boys, they don't actually need the women. And so they don't treat them nicely. You know what I mean? There, there's there's like a, there's an overwhelming supply of holes in that country because they're using the little boy holes that like there there's uh they don't really need the women and they don't they don't have to treat them that nicely it's like throwing off the entire market over there so if we could take care of the boy rape then we could it would be like we're solving both at the same time now i do have a question for people that might understand this situation in afghanistan better than me how do you not have like what you know in the godfather like don't these don't the don't the boys grow up and kill the people that raped them? Isn't it wouldn't that be or they just go on and rape like uh, I don't understand how boy rape works. So if you understand more about the Afghanistan boy rape, Rob's newsroom at gmail.com, um, which brings us to another terribly dark topic. And if you don't like these topics, uh, you know, just take some of your Kratom. You take yourself some of your Kratom train wreck, it doesn't matter what's going on, you'll be a-okay with it. It just it glosses over. If you got ADD, it kind of smooth things out. That's only if you're over the age of 21. And, uh, you know, be careful. Don't take it daily. But you can get a whole kilo of it. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how dark these topics are. You'll feel good about it. And if you got to get high, you can't get yourself uh, some hands on uh, your weed. You go to Yo Delta and they'll send you some gummies right to your door. Um, you guys see the article down in Texas. Uh, I don't even really quite understand what's going on with abortions. I think they're saying that uh, after... Uh, uh, eight weeks or six weeks. Once there's a heartbeat, they're not going to allow it to be in Texas. Um, I'll just, here's my, my, my take. Uh, firstly, I, I, it's just, it's not my business. Like I don't, I, I know people are way more passionate about this topic and it's not something that I've put a lot of thought or research into. And I feel like, uh, even though I guess, uh, COVID is a medical issue and I will, run my mouth on it quite a bit. And I've really dug in. I have a very strong opinion. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion about other people getting the vaccine. I I don't know that, like I've said, it's the best assessment of risk, but I don't think it's my place to tell you otherwise, especially if a doctor's making the recommendation. I kind of feel the same way about abortions. It's not something I like. I mean, luckily, uh, it's not something I've had to confront because most of the time when I've left it in, it's a one night stand and she doesn't have my number. And I'm hoping that there's little me's out there. Cause I don't think I'm ever going to sit down and have a family. And I think it's, it's good to procreate. And, you know, especially if they find you once you're 50 and you've already kind of mellowed out and you can't fuck up their life anyways. Like I'm into that concept. Uh, luckily I haven't had to confront that. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment. I'd like to think I try and make it work cause I'm not that into it. Uh, but at the same time, if it's something that you're comfortable with and there's medical professionals who are saying that it's not death, like, I, I don't know how I, 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 it, I feel like it's not for me to make a different determination than that. And it's just kind of not my business. And I also like my body, my choice. Cause then it's also your fault. Like if you were wrong. So I am, I'm, I'm all for that. Women should be, women can have that one. I don't like making decisions on like little petty things. So I really wouldn't want to have to make the decision on that one. So yeah, yeah please, you, you can have the choice on that one. I, I don't want, I don't want to have to dig in on it at all. Um, so there's a couple things that were odd about this one. Um, first is uh, there's like this bounty hunter system apparently going on uh, that I, I guess cops aren't going to be running around finding out if people they're going to allow, I guess, random individuals to figure out who's pregnant, trying to get abortions um, or something. I didn't quite catch that here. I'll pull up. Uh, I'll pull up the article that I saw this in. Cause it just did. Uh, it seemed weird here. I'll add it to the stream right here. The chief, Rob, I mean, it's the week. They sometimes got some spin on these things. Um, but I did like the idea of, you know, a bounty hunter dude tracking down some chick and is like, you dirty slut, you're not allowed to get that abortion, but also can I have your number? I mean, you're going to have to raise that kid, but you put out. So, you know, let's hang out in a little bit. Uh, I think the workaround is going to be 
is someone should just make a spa that you can go to once a month and you get a pedicure and they just, you know, you just get your vagina sucked out and vacuumed every month. That, that way you don't have to worry. Cause like the thing is, I guess you didn't even realize you were pregnant. And then people say after a certain point in time, like it's considered to be a kid. So why not just get it vacuumed out? Like, you know, get it like there's someone should just offer vagina cleaning services. Maybe they just come over to your home with a vacuum you get a pedicure, manicure, you make sure there's nothing in there. And then you never get to that, that stage where you're not allowed to, to get the abortion. I don't know enough of the science about this. I, I've spent too much time uh, looking into the Corona stuff to, you know, possibly comment on abortions. And um, I, I've talked myself tired. So I think we're uh, basically going to call it an episode. But before we do, oh, dude, smoke out, bug out. It's back on the calendar. And this is going to be an unbelievable one. Um, it's happening down in Boston. Uh, hit me up, robzuzum at gmail.com. I will get you the Eventbrite Lake. It's actually North Reading. I booked too much comics on this thing. So I, I mean, I'm, it, it's not going to be a moneymaker in any capacity, but my God, is this going to be a fun one? I know that I have BK Chris on it. Um, I've got Alex Tomasi, whose uh, podcast I just did and I had a lot of fun with. Uh, and then of course the Shedcast boys, they're coming out. They're going to try and defend their title. I've got a new format for it this year, which I think is going to be an absolute blast. Shedcast guys are also going to be playing some tunes. I've got Andy coming out. He was in one of the sketches I just did. He's a, um, really funny standup. He was on the, uh, Philly gig. So we've got a stacked, we're going to be doing a full standup show. Shedcast guys, we wrap and then we're going to be taking a break. We're going to be doing the smoke out bug out. Uh, I made the tickets 10 bucks. I'm telling you, this thing's a steal. You're going to hang out all night. It's in a backyard. There's no venue. Every single gig that we've done has been an absolute blast. It's going to be the last uh, summer porch tour gig for uh, 2021. And then I don't know, we're going to do the the fall put your dick in a pumpkin. I'm not sure. We'll have to come up with a name for what we're going to be doing in uh, uh, for the fall run. Uh, hoping to maybe put together another end of year recap type thing. But anyways, if you're in the Boston area, hit me up, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. That's going to be great. Teku, over the course of this week, I'm going to be interacting over there. Uh, what else do I got going on? I don't know. Uh, let's read some comments. All right, here we go. Procrastination Station. You need to start streaming and uploading to Odyssey. Um, I, Dude, I'm self-producing a lot of shit. I tried going over there. It wasn't smooth. I don't know. Maybe, maybe at some point I like, I like the idea of having my place available in all platforms. And I also like the idea of being able to get more exposure as a one man band with a full-time job doing stand up and multiple podcasts a week. There's only so much self-production I can do, but yes, you are right. And hopefully I will be an odyssey in the future. Uh, what's your take on Taliban owning the libs? I'm not sure what you mean by that. I'm pro-life, but I also can't accommodate for every circumstance. Prohibition didn't work, and I figure an all-out abortion ban will be as bad. I'm fine with that. I'm also fine with freedom of association. Like, on, like I get that if you're a church-going person, like, there's certain things that you don't want in your area, or if it is, you at least want, like, I, shame is not the worst thing. You know what I mean? Like, I go to strip clubs, but, I mean, I do talk about it, but it's not like... You know what I mean? Like there's certain things you can do in your life, but like, I understand why other people don't want to like know about it or don't want it to be celebrated. Um, and it's fine that certain communities would want to celebrate it. Uh, but I'm just, all right. I, I think you guys, you get my point here, man. I got real tired on this. All right. Scott Schultz plan V like that forest mommy back with more. If people want to do it fine, super easy to not get pregnant though. Um, yeah, you, you, you pull out or you have dysfunctional come. Uh, all right, here we go. Forest mommy, tell that to drunk 21-year-old me. Oh, Scott, did you have a baby at uh 21? You left it in? I mean, leaving it in does feel good, but uh, all right. Last one, and then we're calling it a day. Get on Odyssey on principle, dude. I'll help you out if you want. Well, Scott, when you come over and uh, you build a shed in the middle of my building, and then you watch me have sex with my neighbors inside of it, while I'm having sex with my neighbors inside of the shed, you can make that the first broadcast onto Odyssey, and uh, hopefully that will bring people in where all of a sudden we'll have a, you know, a really big channel. All right, two more comments. Slug Pudding. When I was in Afghanistan, the lower enlisted soldiers in the um, Afghan National Army were putting padlocks at the top of their sleeping bags. Uh, that's, you know, it, it's, it's funny when I'm just, like, being ridiculous. It's really not funny when people come through with, uh, with, uh, so, you know, thanks for bringing down the mood. We were here and I just, 
All right. Thanks for the podcast. You're awesome. Scott Schultz, dude, email me, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Um, we can build uh, maybe an indoor shed abortion clinic because uh, 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 I'm going to be leaving it in. I know Forrest Mommy said that that's not the way to go about it, but you know maybe she can give me a personal lesson. Uh, and on that note, let's uh, call it an episode. Thanks, everybody. Tell your friends, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Come out for the smoke out bug out, and that's the episode.